Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Fuji Love Podcast. This is the show all about the Fujifilm X series and GFX cameras and the photographers that use them. I'm your host, Mark Sadowski, and as always, this show is brought to you by Fuji Love Magazine. For the latest and greatest in all things Fujifilm X series and GFX, head on over to fujilove.com. There's a lot of great articles out there on gear, interviews, so much more. And, to boot, some pretty good photos, too. So head on over to fujilove.com. It's what makes this show possible. My guest for this week is none other than Kevin Mullins. He is one of the very first Fujifilm ex-photographers and has been a brand ambassador for quite some time. Let's get right into that interview. So without further ado, let's talk to Kevin Mullins. Kevin, welcome back to the Fuji Love Podcast. How are you doing, man? I'm okay. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me back. It's good to be here. Um, Yeah, I'm okay. Not too bad. Right on. It's been quite a ride for you uh, as far as uh, Fujifilm in particular goes. Uh, When you were... You were on the show a, a few years ago, uh, so we'll, we'll, we won't go into any kind of uh, origin stories, although I, I love hearing origin stories. You are probably one of the first Fujifilm ex-photographers, if I'm not mistaken, at least in the UK. Is that correct? Yeah, I think so. I became a ex-photographer in 2012, I think. Um, certainly the first wedding one, um, probably not the first one in total. I think there was maybe three or four kicking around at that point. Uh, but yeah, one of the first, certainly the first batch. Um, yeah, 2012, it might've been 2011 even, I can't remember, but yeah, a long time ago. And photography wise, you've been exclusively using Fujifilm gear. How, wh- what's it like being a, first of all, a, a Fujifilm brand ambassador? What What does that mean to your photography career just, just I, I know there are guidelines uh and, and not many people might not know about these uh guidelines but what does it take to be a fujifilm brand ambassador first of all well originally there were no no guidelines at all it was uh fujifilm being a you know a, a japanese company everything was based on trust and respect uh, and it still is um but the i suppose what happened a couple of years ago is the ambassadorial roles moved from Tokyo to the local marketplace so the UK for myself and those guys in Fujifilm UK took on board organizing the the local ambassadors and um, yeah there was a contract sent out but the contract wasn't doesn't stipulate things like you know you must say this you must say that etc there's none of that in there the contract is is actually all about you know, if we need you to write a blog post for our website, this is how much you'll get, etc. So there's no, there's no. I have a very, very good relationship with Fujifilm UK, and they they certainly don't don't kind of put words in your mouth or anything. Um, it's very much a symbiotic relationship, I think, in that uh, they will, you know, I'll do uh, workshops for them, I'll do talks, you know, I'll go to Photokina and places like that, and of course they pay me for those because it's my time and effort involved, just like anybody yeah. else would pay me. Um, but beyond that, I suppose it's, you know, it's good. I enjoy doing it, of course, but it's really hard work. Um, I don't get the questions so much these days, but I used to get probably on a daily basis. How do I become an ambassador? And my answer was always the same, you know, work hard, put your stuff out there and, and they'll take note. Um, and that's still the same now. It's still, it's still very hard work um you know to to be a professional photographer and you know really the only the only stipulation is that you have to you have to use their gear obviously and you have to buy it yourself and uh you know you have to be using it exclusively where there's uh where there's opportunity so for example if there was no i don't know let's just say i wanted to use a a six mil wide angle lens um and fujifilm don't have one then yeah I, i can use a third party one um or third party kind of equipment but other than that it's yeah it's great it's 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 really good um it's good fun you know and we get involved in lots of uh discussions and various other things come our way which is which is the benefit for me over the years fujifilm has uh, i i would say been a camera company that really really listens to its photographers uh from 
all ranges of uh, styles from wedding to wildlife to sports. From your point of view as a reportage wedding photographer and candid style photographer, how has that affected your photography? Do you see uh, your, your style has changed over the course of the years using Fujifilm? What was your what, what is your experience with, with the gear itself over, over time? I'm not sure my style ever changed because even when I was right back in the beginning, 2007, 2008, when I was using my uh, Canon equipment, the style was always the same. I always wanted it to be candid, emotion-filled kind of wedding photography. Um, and the what happened when I moved to Fujifilm, and, and it could have been anything at the time. It just so happened that in 2011, the X100 came along. I could have picked up another brand for all I know, but you know, I just went with the X100. And what happened was it enabled me to kind of get closer, to become a little bit more invisible. It's impossible to be invisible, of course, but to to try my best to to blend into the environment a lot more. And I definitely noticed my my pictures were uh, more frame filling, more emotion driven. There was less people noticing me, less people looking at me. I was getting a lot less images at weddings where people were kind of what I call grip and grin, staring at the camera and smiling. And, uh, you know, and that, that was really good because that's exactly the type of images I want. And, uh, you know, I often say that actually, if I'd not moved to mirrorless cameras back in those days, I, I probably wouldn't be doing this job now because, uh, you know, it, it, it would have become too hard to carry on with, with kind of larger DSLRs and everything. Now, of course, DSLRs these days are actually a lot smaller than they were then. So it's, you know, it's, yeah. it's possible to do that stuff now with DSLRs as well, of course. Um, but yeah, it's uh, the style didn't change, but the way that I implemented it and the way that I approached my jobs definitely changed. I'm curious, have you ever been tempted to move from uh, one brand to another? Is that something that ever uh, crossed your mind? Have you tried? Um, yeah, I mean, I've tried lots of other cameras. I uh, I was loaned a, a Leica M9 for a couple of weeks. I've, uh, you know, I've used other people's cameras on workshops i'm always intrigued by other cameras and uh you know i always and again quite openly say this to fujifilm that you know it's not i don't use fujifilm cameras because i'm I'm an ambassador i use fujifilm cameras because i think they're good for my wedding clients it's my wedding clients that pay me not fujifilm so if something did come along that what that i thought was going to allow me to make better pictures for my my clients um or um, by that I mean make me more money in the long term uh, from my clients then yeah I would I would look at those things that's that's you know that makes a lot more sense because I'm a business person it's not ego that drives me to use Fujifilm cameras it's the fact that it allows me to run a business um, but saying that nothing has come along that's made me think oh wow this is this is something different you know it's uh it's a game changer um you know it just just hasn't happened and uh you know i've used i've used many friends kind of sony cameras on workshops and things and yeah they're great cameras but just nothing nothing's gonna kind of jump out of me from a from another brand right now and say you have to use this this is going to be much better for you just hasn't happened so over i mean since 2011 2012 what is it about fujifilm that for you that gives it that extra oomph uh, uh, compared to the other brands uh, it's the fact that i enjoy using the cameras i think ultimately i never enjoyed using my dslrs i'd never pick up a dslr during the week and you know take it out with me or you know shoot the kids or anything like that i when the you know when the original x100 came along that camera really was a game changer because it became something that I enjoyed using. I enjoyed shooting with, and it was a very personal experience. Uh, and that's partly down to the ergonomics, the design and all of that stuff. But, but also uh, it, you know, it's, it's cliche, I know, but it, it, it feels like there's more connection with those cameras, the rangefinder style cameras, at least I don't have that connection with things like the XT range, the XT three XH one, you know, that, to me, they're they're just smaller DSLRs, but the X100, X Pro, um, even things like the X70, XF10, all of those things, uh, you know, they are they're just great fun. I really enjoy using them. Really enjoy using them, and it's it's way beyond just a tool for uh, for you know making making wedding pictures. It's it's much more than that. So right now, uh, as of this recording, 
we are still, for the most part, on lockdown mm-hmm. uh, due to coronavirus. Uh, the United States right now is loosening a lot of its restrictions, uh, de- depending on what state you're in. But what 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 are the restrictions like right now in in the UK, and uh, how has that impacted your photography? Well, actually, funny enough, today, right now, the, an hour ago, before we started recording this, they they lowered. We have a, a rating system over here, zero to five, um, for pandemic warning, and uh, it's obviously the first time they've ever used this rating system. And uh, we have been at five. We went down to four, and now an hour ago they dropped us down to three. But it doesn't hasn't really changed much in terms of what what you're allowed to do. So um, I think it was the twelfth of March when our our illustrious leader told us to stay indoors, and a vast majority of the people did. Some didn't, but a vast majority of the people listened. And of course, that meant complete shutdown of business uh, for a lot of people. Um, I managed to shoot two weddings this year before before it happened, and. Um, Technically, my next wedding that's currently booked is the 12th of September, I think. So everything up until then has been cancelled. Um, I actually fully expect pretty much weddings for the rest of the year to be either cancelled or postponed or certainly scaled right back. I don't imagine they're going to allow 130 sweaty bodies dancing on a dance floor in a, <laughs> in a wedding anytime yeah. soon. Um, so, yeah, it's had a absolute huge impact uh financially um and you know i'm uh the whole industry so it's you know it's not just yeah. I'm, I'm not kind of um uh you know i've had to we've had to go to the bank for a business loan and all sorts of stuff that you just never expected to happen uh, you know at my age in life i'm kind of thinking about paying off mortgages and stuff not not having to go and get massive loans but it is what it is, and uh, you know there are far worse people off in the world. Um, certainly, the people that have been, uh, you know, who, who caught the the virus and have lost loved ones. Um, so for that, I'm kind of grateful. Um, and uh, yeah, the restrictions now are are loosening a little bit. They've just opened shops uh, last Monday, so you can all non-essential shops now. So if you want to go and get your nails done, or if you want to go and uh, I don't know buy some shoes or something, you can do that now. Um, yeah. it's like one person in at a time. The high, I live in a little kind of market town and the high street here, it's not really a high street. It's the street where the shops are. Um, they've, they've taken away all of the car. You can't drive your car up there. It's all, um, pedestrianized and, you know, social distancing and everybody's got to stay two meters away from each other and all kinds of things like that. It's very, very draconian, but, but I think for the right reasons and, uh, yeah, it's, it's just weird, isn't it? You know, weird. I- it uh, here we we had that uh, it, it was uh, with our supermarkets. It was uh, wait in line outside until you know certain x amount of people left hmm. the building, and x amount of people can enter the building. Uh, face masks and everything. Yeah, it's 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 been crazy here, and it's it's cringeworthy when uh, people aren't wearing their masks. It's it's like they. Yeah, that's <laughs> it's bizarre because over here the the they have said that you you know you don't have to wear masks. You have to the only place you have to wear masks is on public transport. Um, so the London Underground uh, buses, all that kind of stuff. But actually, it's not a requirement to wear masks here. Um, a lot of people are. I've seen a lot of people wearing them, but it's you know it's not a requirement. And in Wales, where my parents live, they say no, you don't need it at all. <laughs> so. Oh wow! It was such a such a weird, you know. Some people, some countries have decided it's important. Some countries have decided it's not. Uh, a lot of people, which makes me mad, are using it as a, a fashion statement, and you know, you're seeing all kinds of things on Instagram and everything. And you know, I'm like, wow, people are dying. You know, stop, stop trying to, you know, get your likes up on Instagram by wearing a funny face mask. Nobody cares. I I think that you know. The, the fact is it's different all around the world isn't it and yeah. so i guess that that means that nobody really knows <laughs> but i i have been uh surprised as to how fast fashion posts have come up with uh various different models wearing different masks and it's like wow that turned around pretty quick yeah uh, <laughs> but um so with with everything on lockdown what have you been doing photography wise to keep yourself busy and uh sharp 
Uh, well, actually, I mean, whilst it's been horrible for a lot of people and uh, financially it's been terrible for us, but it's it's given me a, a time to sit down and look at my long list of things that I had on my to-do list. You know, some of those things have been on there for years. And actually, photography-wise, I've been doing um, uh, a little bit, but not not an over over uh, you know not not too much. I've uh, you know I've been kind of doing some uh, still life stuff in the kitchen with some uh, flowers and everything. My wife likes to get involved in that and set them up, and and that's a very different thing for me. But I've I've enjoyed doing it. It's quite a relaxing thing. I've obviously taken lots of kids uh, pictures of the kids kicking around and doing their stuff. Um, I also did a, a, a doorstep series of doorstep pictures for the people of Malmesbury where we live. Um, and that, that was to raise money for the local food bank. So we kind of, uh, on Facebook, we, we said, uh, look, you know, if you want me to come, I'll, I'll come and take some, and literally it's pictures of you standing by your front door. Um, just a memory of, uh, you know, of this time and you can make a donation to the food bank. And, uh, you know, and people, interestingly, people were saying, oh, you know, can we, can you come into the garden? We've got a lovely tree and everything. And I, I'm like, no, 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 no. Listen, the whole point of this is that in 20 years time, you'll look back at these pictures and you'll think, oh yeah. Do you remember, do you remember how our house used to look like, you know, oh, we painted that front door and oh, look at the clothes we were wearing. Look how tall so-and-so has grown and various things like that. It wasn't, it was never meant to be a portrait shoot. It's meant to be a, uh, a memory, you know, and, and that, that will become more important in the future. So did, did that. Um, and yeah, ticked off a lot of stuff on my to-do list business wise, uh, new websites. I've released some presets, all, all kinds of stuff, and uh, yeah, I've got I've got a lot done actually. <laughs> right on. Yeah. You uh, you're using Squarespace now, right? Yeah, I've moved everything from uh, WordPress to Squarespace. So my my main website, uh, Kevin Money Photography, has gone to Squarespace. F sixteen dot click moved to um, Squarespace yesterday, and that's my big Fujifilm website. Uh, Ministry of Shadows, which is a new that was one of my new projects. Um, so that that was built at the beginning of lockdown. That was week one. Um, so that, that was launched. Um, yeah, everything's, everything's going to Squarespace. Yeah. Nice. I mean, we're not sponsored by Squarespace. No. Uh, I, 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 I moved to Squarespace after WordPress, uh, kind of failed me as well as my previous ISP. Uh, basically a lot of the wedding leads that I was receiving never got to my inbox. And, uh, it was a combination of both of them failing. I was like, ah. But uh, yeah, I've been pretty happy with Squarespace as well. Ministry of Shadows. That's the other thing I wanted to touch on that, that you started. What for, for the people who don't know what it is, uh, explain it. Where can they find it? Okay, so Ministry of Shadows. I always wanted, my love is uh, black and white photography. So I always wanted to have a black and white dedicated website. And I... Uh, although you know my work is uh, is in lots of places especially on my own website f16.click as well and instagram and everything and i felt that actually people are probably fed up of seeing my stuff so i wanted to create a website that was for black and white lovers of black and white photography and also black and white filmmaking uh, as in movies um and so i created this website uh, called ministry of shadows um and uh yeah it's 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 although it's there's quite a bit of my stuff on there at the moment it's submission based so i'm hoping that uh and we've had lots of submissions so far which has been great so i'm publishing other people's work on there uh it's all black and white it's some of the stuff that's coming through is absolutely beautiful and uh hopefully you know it's it's open to anybody so regardless of experience um but hopefully it's given a platform to people who perhaps don't have their own website or have been a little bit anxious about sharing their own work and uh you know it's getting getting a lot of eyeballs as well so yeah it's uh, ministryofshadows.co.uk and uh yeah it's 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 good fun actually i really enjoy looking through the work and it's a gorgeous site squarespace <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. that was the first squarespace site actually um that i did so yeah it was uh and again absolutely we're not sponsored by squarespace at all but it's yeah it, it just happens to be a point of conversation because it's i've spent so much time in this lockdown you know with my face in that stuff moving websites and various other things so yeah i don't think i've ever asked you about this i'm sure many podcasts that you've been on have what is it about black and white photography that draws you so close you because you you offer for like for weddings and uh you you offer special discounts for black and white only products uh 
so what is it about black and white that draws you into uh, into it? What, what what is it about the black and white that makes that really speaks to you? <laughs> you know, I I do get asked this a lot, and I I don't know if there's really an answer. I there's a lot of cliched answers, such as you know, or if you remove color, you see the emotion more, and well, maybe that's true, um, and it, it is true, but. I think for me, I just prefer it. And that's the basic level. I just prefer the look of black and white images, a good black and white image, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and it's educated me a lot by, so one of the things I do with my feature film cameras is even if I'm shooting raw, I always shoot with a black and white film simulation. So I can always see the light and the shadow much easier. You can see it so much easier. And I just love looking through the viewfinder in black and white. And, and, you know, I can, I'm in, uh, I'm actually in the bedroom of our house right now because uh, the kids are downstairs. So, uh, you know, I look at, at, at the walls around me and the light and, and I can, I can just see the, the shadow and the light and the shade and the density of it. And, you know, I know that there are things that I see with the shadows and lights that nobody else in the house would see. And that's purely because I've trained myself by, you know, by, by kind of seeing in black and white in the camera. So there's no, there's no real kind of um, definitive answer apart from basically that I just prefer it. And, uh, you know, I, I just love it. I just really, really love it. And and often when I'm scaring the internet, it's black and white images that jump out at me far more than, than color. Um, that's not to say that they aren't, that I don't enjoy color photography as well. I do, but um, you know, magazines, newspapers, all that kind of stuff. The black and white stuff really is the stuff that I, I kind of pour over a lot more. Most of my photography books on my shelf are, are black and white pictures as well. Yeah, there is a certain rawness that, although I guess it's different for everybody. Everybody sees and has their own interpretation when they when they see something in black and white or in color. I mean, it, everything is uh, very subjective. Yeah, I think, you know, I think for me, at least it's, it's, again, it goes back to partly the thing I said about the cameras. I just enjoy it more, you know, and yeah. uh, and I, I think that's, that's ultimately it, isn't it? And, you know, and if I'm from a, from a purely uh, mercenary business point of view, it's actually easier. So that's why I, I um, give my clients a discount. If they want a hundred percent black and white coverage, I'll give them a discount because it makes my life a lot easier. I'll just shoot everything in JPEG, um, go home, delete the ones that I don't like, and just give them the images <laughs> done and dusted. I, oh, that's the beauty of the the film simulations. I I feel I, I do the same thing with the uh, uh, classic chrome. I, mm-hmm. I've made my custom, my own custom classic chrome setting, and it's pop it in, job's done. Just weed out the bad ones, and yeah, good to go. Um, <laughs> let, let's talk about the film simulations because uh, I, I'm going to hazard a guess and say Across is your favorite. <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, it's definitely my favorite. It has been since it was kind of released a few years back. Um, and uh, I, you know, I, I whilst I'll, I'll shoot a lot in JPEG and kind of a, a, it's funny you say Across, we say Across. Uh, you say tomato, we say tomato. <laughs> I, I'm probably saying it incorrectly. Uh, <laughs> no, you probably said it right. Um, <laughs> but actually, you know, for me, it's more about what I see in the viewfinder, and and more and more these days, since the um, X-Trans Three sensor came along, more and more actually, I've been shooting in RAW because I I still like to to do the processing, and I'll, I'll if I'm shooting a wedding, I'll shoot with. Actually, perhaps it was when the dual card systems came along. I'd shoot RAW to one card, JPEG to the other. Um, and you know, I'll, I'll tweak things now. So I, I do my, like my images to be quite pun- punchy and contrasty. Um, and you know, you can, you can get almost everything you want from the JPEGs for me at least, but you know, some people, they need a little bit different, flatter, you know, s- stronger. Um, I loved it when Fujifilm put the, uh, the warm tone, um, filters in, um, so you can you can actually go from a grade of zero, I think it's minus ten to plus ten in terms of toning the the, the black and whites now. Um, so you yeah, can go from cold to warm. Um, and uh, you know, I, I I was kind of lobbying them for a long time for something like that, and, and they did it. And uh, yeah, that's that's phenomenal for people who want that little golden look to the images rather than you know pure black and white. I have never been able to master that. The, the, it's for for me personally um 
whenever I try to tweak it, it's I tweak it one way or the other. That's doesn't feel right. And Mm -hmm. so black and white has always been tricky for me. Um, I, I, it's something that I have to do in post-production. Uh, I, I can never nail it right in, in camera mm-hmm. uh, th- to yeah. my satisfaction. Uh, but mentioning going to raw, I remember years ago you were saying you were JPEG only uh, mm-hmm. photographer. What changed that all of a sudden? Uh, well, not all of a sudden, uh, but, but you, you shooting in raw. Do you do a lot more post-processing now with, with, with your photos? Not really. I mean, I still shoot JPEG. Um, like I say, on the dual cameras, uh, dual card systems, I'll shoot JPEG plus RAW. Yeah. Um, just because I can, really. And uh, I shoot, you know, for example, this morning it was Rose's birthday and, you know, everything there shot JPEG. Um, I think partly, uh, you know, when I when I moved to shooting everything in black and white in, the, in camera, um, obviously, you know, it's not, it's not true that all my wedding clients are going to want every image in black and white. So, uh, you know, once you're shooting in, in a film simulation in a future film camera, your JPEGs will be in that film simulation. So, uh, you know, you either need to shoot raw plus JPEG or, or it's going to be black and white if you're shooting black and white. So I think partly it kind of happened then as well. Um, yeah, I, I typically I've got a workflow now that, will um will allow me to very quickly do the edits that i need um i for example i'll do i'll do simple things like even if i've been let's just say i'm I'm looking at raw images in in um, lightroom or photo mechanic i actually my monitor has a black and white switch so i can just switch the monitor itself to black and white which immediately allows me to skip through the images very quickly and decide which ones will look good in black and white. And by that, I will just base it on the shadows and the highlights. Um, so, you know, it's it's still very much based on light and shade and shadow, um, always based on that when it comes to the black and white stuff. Um, but yeah, the JPEGs, you know, I, I still shoot them. I still I still advocate, you know, that's one of the main reasons why people shoot with uh, Fujifilm cameras. And uh, yeah, they, they're great, you know. I like the, I definitely like the Acros. Um, I like the classic Chrome. Uh, I like the Eterna for when I'm filming as well. So, you know, they've kind of ticked all of the boxes, really. Eterna has been a godsend for video. Mm. Uh, and, and good for stills, too. I, I, I've been using that a lot for some of my work. So what are you using now for, for gear, for your professional work? And what are you, what are you using for kind of casual work uh, as far as Fujifilm gear? So I, I'm thinking back to the last wedding I shot, which was in... February. Um, I shot so long ago. <laughs> I know, it does seem like so long ago. I shot with a X Pro three and a X one hundred F. I don't have an XT four. I do have an XT three, but I typically use that for filming. I don't have an XT four. I just last week, in fact, got an X one hundred V. Um, I wasn't going to get one. I wasn't going to upgrade. I shouldn't have done it because I can't afford it, and my wife gave me a very very stern look (laughs) um (laughs) but i felt like you know it was hard for me with the x100v because uh you know i went to tokyo and we were involved in in you know very low level discussions about that camera i went to dubai and talked about it and and i was seeing so many people with the x100v i was thinking oh i want one you know i just want one I didn't yeah. need one, and and I've always been an advocate of saying don't buy cameras unless you need it. It's difference is between need and want, um, and I didn't need. Yeah, it. Treat <laughs> yeah but now's not the time to treat myself. <laughs> uh, but I did treat myself, and um, yeah, so I got the X one hundred V. I haven't really done much with it to be honest with you yet, um, but yeah, I got that as well. Um, so that that and the X seventy X one hundred range and the X seventy are my kind of uh, personal cameras, I suppose. Um, and the, for my, my kind of professional work, I've got the X pro three now and, uh, XT three and, uh, you know, I'm all various combinations beforehand, just before the lockdown, I sold a whole lot of gear off actually. So, um, yeah, that's my excuse for the X 100 V. Yeah, <laughs> man. I, I absolutely wish they would make an upgrade to the X X 70. That little range finder was just chef's kiss. It was like the perfect size it, it was it was I, I i miss it it was it had such a small shelf life 
Oh, it was beautiful. It, it still is. I still have mine. Um, mine is absolutely battered beyond belief. It's been in all kinds of trouble. It's been dragged along car- off floors on the back of a car and all sorts. But it still works, and I love it. It's it's tiny. It's much. It's smaller than my mobile phone. Uh, you know, it's lighter than some of the mobile phones. It's it's great. It's not great in low light. That's the only downside. But then it is. I think uh, I don't know five years five years old perhaps it was released on the same day as the x pro 2 i think um but yeah it, i would love them to to spend some time thinking about that camera whether they will or not who knows but yeah i would absolutely love it with uh so with, with the professional work the x pro 3 uh how how has that been with, with the lcd screen being all tucked away yeah i mean <laughs> When the when it was first released, no, I've never been a fan of of uh, flip screens ever, um, and you know I quite happily not have one in the X one hundred V. Although they've done an amazing job of hiding it in that camera, you just don't even know it's there. It's it's flush of the body. But the X Pro three came along, and it was kind of like, uh, well, it is an L, it is a tiltable LCD, but also it's not. Um, you know, and that that hidden LCD thing on the back, or the uh, sub monitor, as they call it, where you can see film simulation, exposure details, and everything. You know, I totally understand why Fujifilm did that, and uh, they are they are separating out the rangefinder style body from the XT and XH range, making it far more niche and far more for, um, I suppose, advocates of pure photography. I guess. And uh, so it worked in that respect. I know that the X-Pro3 is flying off the shelves in the UK, at least. Um, I don't use that sub-monitor on the back. I don't use the hidden LCD, typically. Um, So those are things that I never needed and and don't use. But the actual camera itself, um, you know, and I always always feel a little bit bad when when a new camera comes along because the previous... So when I did my X-Pro2 review, it's like, this is the best camera in the world ever. It's never come (laughs) beaten. And then, of course, X Pro Three comes along. And I'm like, yeah, the X Pro Two nowhere near as good as this, um, which is it's true, but also doesn't mean the X Pro Two is suddenly a bad camera. Of course, I still shoot with that. Right, yeah. everything is relative. Yeah, of course, but but the uh, you know the auto function and the the new um, sensor in that, and the, the fact that it's a backlit sensor, so it's better in low light and everything, it is noticeable. It is you know it, it definitely is a noticeable difference, um, and I think that the. The beauty for me for the X Pro range is that they've never really changed the design of it, and again, that's something that I, I you know constantly say to them is, don't just try not to change it. You know the look of it at least, the look and feel, the dial, the dials, the ergonomics, because it's it's next to perfect. And uh, you know I'm glad to see they haven't done that, and and they they followed that mantra with the X100 as well. So um, they're the cameras I prefer using the most. I was able to use the X100 on my first wedding uh, just uh, last weekend. And everything here has to be cut to to very small chunks. So it was a, uh, an elopement that took place. Uh, small wedding over the weekend, and then they'll have the reception next year. Yeah. Uh, so that's kind of what I'm... Uh, going with and it was a wedding on the cape which was really nice and let me tell you the having the uh x 100 v on one side and the xt xt3 on the other side was nice the the the, no big weight to fumble around and uh, i haven't done a beach wedding in years so running around on the sand trying to catch this angle that angle having the smaller gear was very, very, very pleasant. It, uh, otherwise it would have been very cumbersome and I almost tripped a lot of times. Yeah. I think, I think the smaller the cameras, the better. And actually, you know, I, 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 I just want them to be as small as possible. I don't care what they look like really. I mean, I like the look and feel of them, of course, but if they, that's what, partly why I love the X70 so much. It's, it's literally like a matchbox, a little black box. Um, and you know, I, I don't, I never really get attracted to cameras because of the the retro look or anything like that. It's all about the functionality and the smaller, the better. So, um, you know, that's, that's why things like the X pro, uh, you know, I always buy the black versions of the cameras as well. I'm not a, um, 
you know, the, the, the silver versions look nice, of course, but doesn't really make any difference. Um, so, yeah, I get all the black cameras. I'm usually the same way, but with the XT, uh, XT3, I, I had to go silver. I, I had to be a little ostentatious. <laughs> I couldn't resist. And I even yeah, blinked they, up. They, look, they do look but, great, you know. And uh, probably people who don't, uh, <laughs> I don't be careful how I say this, but people who perhaps don't don't treat their gear as, as bad as I do. <laughs> um, yeah, they, they probably want to think about what the cameras look like when they resell them. <laughs> Your cameras are ungodly scratched up. And I can't figure out how you do that. Like, I, I am not kind to my gear. My gear... Uh, you know, I'm popping it in and out. They're dangling. They're bumping into everything mm. because I have them dangling off heart, like the, the shoulder harnesses. I can't get mine to look like yours. Not <laughs> that I'm really trying, but like you have it like scratched up like you put it through sandpaper. Well, <laughs> that The X70 is is very beaten up and that's because it was, it got caught. But that was dragged. It's a special occasion. That, that was special caught on a, a drag in a car. Yeah. Um, but the rest of them are just normal wear and tear. Now, I don't have uh, in my camera bag. I don't. I don't have um, sections. I just kind of throw them all in. Um, oh, gotcha. and I don't. Uh, I also don't use lens caps or anything like that, uh, and um, lens hoods, I should say. So they are all kind of knocked around a little bit. Um, but yeah, it's just wear and tear, I suppose. And uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe it's interesting, isn't it? Maybe it's in the UK. We have. I don't know why, but weddings here, they, they seem to always have more people in a room than they should have. And so the tables are all close together. And then if I'm shooting the drinks reception or I'm shooting the speeches, I'm often banging things and, you know, banging into tables and various things like that. So maybe it's something to do with that. Maybe it's geography. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. But so, so what I'm getting at is that even the, the camera all scratched up, there is a certain charm to a, a nice, well-worn camera that it has, hmm. it's, it's kind of like aging gracefully uh, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that, uh, you know, digital cameras don't typically have the lifespan or won't have the lifespan of old film cameras purely because, you know, batteries will, will get um, retired and, you know, memory cards will change over time and everything. But I do feel there are certain cameras that I've got that you know will be will be kept and given to you know to the kids. Perhaps um, I offered Albie when my X one hundred V came. I said to him, "Do you want my X one hundred F?" No, the X one hundred F is a very special camera for me. And uh, he went, uh, "Not really, Dad. Can I have some Xbox tokens instead?" <laughs> <laughs> so, so maybe that maybe my dream of that happening is uh, isn't going to happen. Um, but yeah, I agree with you. You know, cameras become. Uh, they become like friends, some of them, you know. I think that, uh, you know, it, it's hard. And I don't want to sound like a like a weirdo or anything, but it would be hard for me to, to kind of put my X100F in the in the cupboard with all the other cameras that I no longer use. I'll feel a little bit guilty about that. A little bit like, you know, putting one of the dogs out in the rain when the other one's in the kitchen in the warm. <laughs> yeah. I'm curious. What, what What is it about the X100F that, uh, that, that draws you to it? I, I feel like the X100F was the first of the X100 cameras that really properly, properly nailed it. Um, X100, the original one, of course, whilst beautiful, and I still have that as well, um, was very difficult to use in the early days. X100T, yeah. X100S and X100T were very, very similar. Not a lot of change there, a couple of film simulations. Um, you know, And then the X100F came along, which really was a game changer in terms of what was packed inside that camera. And again, it was another one that I was, um, you know, I was involved in some of the conversations and discussions about. So, so, you know, that's when they become personal to me, I think. And um, yeah, it's, it's that there's been a long time between the X100F and the X100V, I think. And, you know, I, I've used it for everything. It's been with me all over the world or wherever I've been around the world. It's been on all of our holidays. So it's taken pretty much all my favorite shots of the family. And, uh, you know, it's, it's never failed, never failed. My X 100 T I remember dropping that into a swimming pool and blah, 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 to the bottom of the swimming <laughs> pool. And, uh, I dived in, took it out and, uh, 
stuck it in a box of rice and and it still works still works now I'm still i have all of the x100s and and they all still work and so yeah the, you're not going to be selling them off anytime soon no um brand new film simulations um what give me your thoughts on those um with, with the new cameras out uh, i had the chance to try it on the x100v the what is it classic negative classic neg yeah yeah. yeah, I I really like it. I have to say, when when we, when I was first looking at that in uh, I think it was uh, with the X Pro Three um, prototype, I think we had for a little bit while we were doing the videos. Um, I didn't really like it so much. It was very green. Um, but then actually, that was that was just an issue with the prototype and the and the new version, the the release version was was lovely. So it's one of those film simulations, classic neg, where you have to get the exposure right. Um, yes, you know, too dark in the shadows. It's gonna, it's gonna look chunky. Um, but get it right. It's it's beautiful. Yeah, really beautiful. Um, very, very retro. Very filmic. It's probably the most filmic of the film simulations um, in terms of the color ones. That and Acros, you know, I think are, are, are just they've nailed it perfectly with those film simulations. But but as with Acros, actually. You need to you need to get the exposure right and consider the shadows, especially. Um, you know, but it it's nice. Yeah, it's great to have cameras where you can where it does all the work for you. That's great. <laughs> yeah, and in the middle of a wedding, say I need to change film. Hold on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah the, the classic neg. It's I've found that I've uh, ruined more shots than 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 got a shot that I like. Um, it's one of those, I agree, it, it, you have to nail it with the exposure and have to nail it with uh, the circumstance too. Like it doesn't work in any, just any setting. It's one of those where it's, for, for me personally, I, I hate it, but this one shot, oh my God, do I love it. Uh, and I, my success rate has been very low as far as uh, getting a good shot with it. But when you nail it, you nail it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's it's one of those film sims that's you know a little bit like I think it's meant to be a little bit like Superior, you know, the the, the original film stock, and I guess that was yeah. a um, you know an everyday photographer is not likely to shoot everything with Superior. It's going to be for a specific type of picture, um, yep. and I guess that's that's what's what's come across with this, and and probably that's why they they put that in the X Pro Three because of the very specific nature of it, trying to. Uh, trying to emulate within the best of its parameters a, a film camera, I suppose. Um, yeah, it's it's it is a tricky film simulation to get right, but but when you do get it right, it's nice. Yeah. Uh, what what's that new film simulation that they're coming out with? Uh, w- w- that's coming out with the XT4, uh, the Beach Pass. Uh, yeah, Bleach Bypass. Yeah, so. Bleach. That, uh, I think it's called Bleach Bypass. I I haven't got an XT4, and I I did uh, I did spend a couple of hours with it um when it was uh, announced um and i think that's that's more, again more aimed towards filming i think by, by yeah. the looks of it um and it looks nice i have to say it's it's for filming it's uh for filming it's it's kind of um neutralizes a lot of the 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 grading so uh, i think a lot of people will use that but of course the xt4 you now have all kinds of f log and uh, you know the dynamic range and everything in the in the log files is huge so uh, i fully expect the xt4 to be used by more professional filmmakers and they're more likely to be shooting log rather than with a film sim when everything opens back up is that a camera that you see yourself buying uh i don't think so i have to say i'm you know there's no difference in the sensor between the xt4 and the xt3 it's mm-hmm. it's really if you need that extra power in terms of frames per second or the extra filming um, functions. I've got by with my XT3 for the filming stuff. Maybe if if circumstance depends, you know, if I, maybe if I get a job where I need four cameras rigged up or something, then then I'll think about it. But right now, no, it's not not something that's on my my radar. Um, I'm more likely to get a, a, a second X-Pro3, um, actually a third X-Pro3. I've got two. I'm on about. So I'm, I'm mm-hmm. more likely to get a uh, to get another one of them if, if necessary. But um, yeah, it's 
lots of people. So Neil, my friend, who uh, you know is also a feature film shooter, he'll he'll almost definitely get the XT4 because he does a lot of video, a lot of filming. I hear that. Um, I I'm happy with my XT3 for now too. The amount of video that I do is very small and still learning. Uh, I, I have to say, uh, Fujifilm is a great way to get into learning video to just slap it onto Eterna and just play with it that way. Uh, get great looking footage and yeah, it's encouraging to make it look good so that you can keep learning and, and, and move forward from there. Uh, that that's, I mean, me personally, uh, I, I don't do anything complicated. No, but uh, I suppose, you know, one of the main things, the XT4 is the, the in-body image stabilization as well you know so people who are running and gunning shooting filming they're likely to to really want that as well um you know and who knows what will happen with the x8 range it's also confusing <laughs> I, I am very curious to see what they do with that 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 has uh i knew it wasn't going to die out they they kind of teased that but uh i think you're going to see a monster of a video camera with the xh1 yeah, I mean, I have no idea. Of course, I, 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 you know, I never, even when the XH1 was announced, I, I, I didn't have any ideas apart from what was on uh, on the rumor sites. Um, but yeah, it's been a long time, and you know, if they're spending a long time designing something like this, then I think it's going to be pretty spectacular. Um, yeah, I don't know what though. I can't in my mind because of the XT4. I don't know what they can put in there that that's not in the xt4 i suppose they could like hardware wise they could think about things like xlr jacks and maybe in a in a booster pack pack or something i don't know but who knows xh i've never really used it anyway so that's all good mm-hmm. uh let's end on one more uh one note uh the the medium format cameras i know you've used a lot of the medium format cameras for some of your portrait work uh do you still use any of the GFX series cameras? Yes. So I did have a GFX 50S, um, which I sold. I then got a GFX 50R, um, which I subsequently sold. (laughs) And now (laughs) I do actually have a GFX 100, believe it or not, um, which I got just before lockdown. um, Ridiculously expensive. Um, but I got it because I had this big commercial gig that was coming up and it was uh, uh, something I've been doing for a few years. It's, a, it's kind of like a military, um, I can't say too much because it's kind of it's like classified, I suppose, in terms of the pictures. Yeah, I don't want to get you in trouble, but you... But they, you they wanted, <laughs> they wanted uh, a really high detail. Uh, it's like basically a product. And so they wanted to be able to do like wide product shots, but be able to zoom right in, crop right in to show off these particular details to the people that will would be potentially buying these products. So, uh, and that was a big gig. Um, so I got the X, uh, GFX 100 specifically for that. Um, and then of course, <laughs> everything stopped. <laughs> so uh, I have been taking a few pictures of the kids with it. And that, actually the GFX 100 is the thing I've been doing my... Um, still life with and, and it's been very uh cathartic it's been very therapeutic because obviously it's a lot more of a slow process shoot everything manually with that camera and uh you know it's the the images are insane the the quality of those images are just out of this world um totally overkill for taking a picture of a plant of course but there you go <laughs> but you can <laughs> yeah i can because i've got one and it's not making me any money <laughs> Have you thought about doing landscape photography? Uh, yeah, I've done some in the past, you know, and I, I um, yeah, maybe with that camera I will, although the lenses I've got probably don't really uh, lend itself to them. But, um, yeah, I have to say, I, you know, for the same reason I'm not really a fisherman, I don't really have the patience for that kind of stuff. Um, I, I love looking at the pictures, you know. I love looking at uh, uh, good landscape photography. But whether it's something I could, you know, kind of, drag myself to the beach, get there ready for sunset or sunrise and wait for the right picture only for a blinking British cloud to come in, ruin it all. I mean, <laughs> that, that would, I'd be more likely to throw the camera over the cliff rather than, than just go, Oh, Hey ho, I'll come back tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> right I love on. a people and an action type person, I suppose. 
Yeah, do something less stressful like a wedding. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Something that gets the heart going. It's good exercise. It's yeah. good exercise. Well, Kevin, it was awesome chatting with you, taking the time to uh, talk to us. Uh, why don't you tell the world where they can find your work on the web? Okay, well, uh, thanks, Mark, for having me. And uh, I am at uh, various places. KevinMullinsPhotography.co.uk is my wedding website. Uh, MinistryOfShadows.co.uk is the new community-based black and white website. F16.click is my Fujifilm and personal work. That's where I put all my tips and tricks and various things like that. Instagram at KevinMullinsPhotography and everything else similar. Right on. And for those of you who are inclined, check out Kevin's YouTube channel. Just do a search for Kevin Mullins. He has a lot of great videos out there to uh, kind of go in tandem with uh, f16.click. That's uh, right. Yeah. A lot of uh, great videos on gear and other cool stuff. Yeah. So I, I, I forgot to mention, sorry, our our own podcast as well, which is uh, Fujicast, which I think we have a lot of crossover listeners, so which is great. Um, myself and Neil James run that um, Fujicast podcast. Right on. Um, Definitely check it out. Uh, it's uh, it's on my feed. Um, I, I enjoy the shows. Yeah, great. for ha uh, It's great talking to you again. It's been, uh, God, the last time I talked to, talk to you, it was, uh, let's measure it in gear. I think it was around the X-Pro2. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, good, to, uh, good to talk to you again, man. And uh, we'll talk soon. Cheers, Mark. Take care. Thank you once again to Kevin Mullins for taking the time and chatting with us. I always have a great time chatting with him. This is my second or third time. Uh, over the course of many, many years. And he's always just a friendly voice to bounce ideas off of and really a uh, great presence for anyone who's learning how to use the Fuji X system for the first time. So thank you, Kevin. And I can't wait to talk to you again in the future. And one more time, this show was made possible by Fuji Love Magazine. For the latest and greatest in all things Fujifilm X-Series and GFX, head on over to fujilove.com. I'm Mark Sadowski, and I'll see you next time.